This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal News Show. Join you every morning at 8 a.m. UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Hope you had a fantastic start to your week, as always. Uh, we're nearly at the midpoint, which is good. And we are, unfortunately, now in a bit of a period where, well, daily football is not as... Uh, as not fr- I want to say frivolous, but that's not the right word. Frequent, I think, is probably the more appropriate word for that one. Uh, no more 10 a.m. kickoffs. No more. I think there's usually was the one at five or seven or four. Now it's three sevens if you're here in the UK. Three p.m., seven p.m. kickoffs. Well, to be fair, as, as, as football goes, still getting two kickoffs every day is, is pretty good. Um, but as we move into the final round of the group games. Uh, with a game this morning uh, and well, this afternoon and this evening, it's going to start getting very interesting indeed to see which teams are getting knocked out of the competition and which teams are managing to play through until the round of 16. Um, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. As always, do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications that turned on so you never miss a show. We've got one more new show tomorrow, and then the 1st of December marks the Arsenal transfer new show starting. Of course, we like to start those shows a month before. Uh, a lot more focus on transfers, of course, but we'll still be bringing you all the latest Arsenal news as well from the World Cup. Uh, Maggie, good morning to you, to Blackshine, to Stephen, to James. Good morning to Anthony and Olu and Red Star and Anne. I've already got Anthony again. Uh, Damien, Jose, Aidan, Yomi, Temi, Nikolai, Marcus, Hamoud. Good morning, guys. Dave, Paul, Vivian, Adama. Uh, good morning. Hope you're all good. Hope you're all well. And everybody else joining us in the chat box as well. Of course, I can't spend so much time saying morning to everybody. Otherwise, I'd never get through the morning show. Uh, yesterday evening, we recorded our Arsenal loan watch. If you haven't yet already had a quick check of everything that's kind of going down regarding Arsenal's all 32 of them. Uh, yes, we cover all 32 of Arsenal's loan players in some shape or form with some in-depth looks at the likes of Austin Trusty, Balogun, Tavares, Pepe and Charlie Patino. Uh, we actually had our first... Uh, we had our first... 
look in depth at Austin Trusted with our now Birmingham City correspondent for the channel. So certainly worth checking out if you haven't already watched the show already. Uh, Arsenal will face Oxford United away from home in the FA Cup third round. These games are set to play, take place at the start of January. Really positive, actually, to see this happen because I think what we're in a situation with with Arsenal right now is that we've got a January which features Newcastle United, uh, Spurs, and of course, we've also got a situation where we're going to face a, I think, and a potential fourth or rather fifth game with this as well. So we need to make sure that we are, well, we need to make sure that we're playing enough games. But of course, we need to make sure most of all that we are remaining fit and ready for these fixtures. Oxford United away from home. As fixtures go in an FA Cup, I think we can be pretty darn happy with that. I mean, you could have had someone horrible. I don't know. You could have had City, Chelsea. Imagine that. I I think we could be very happy indeed that we don't have to worry about that being played uh, anytime soon. Well, I think when we play Chelsea next, it's somewhere later on in the season. Anyway, uh, let's move forwards. Uh, the game against Manchester City has also finally been rearranged. The piece talking about this yesterday. Uh, it was, of course, originally meant to be played on October 19th, but it was postponed um, because of Europa League commitments. Uh, it will be now played on the uh, on 7.30pm on February 15th. So there we go. Uh, that's that game sorted. What I can tell you about this fixture being rearranged is it's much better for Arsenal, I think, because we play City, as I say, on the 15th of February, or 18th, sorry, of February. We've then, no, it is the 15th. We've got Aston Villa on the 18th following that and Leicester City on the 25th. So two games, I think we can respond well to a, say, if it's not the result we want. But going into the game, we've got Everton away and Brentford at home. So I think we can build up some momentum going into that Man City game. They've not thrown it in amongst some really other chaotic fixtures for us. Whereas I think Man City have Spurs two games before they play us. Uh, and then a relatively easy fixture beforehand. So there could be some momentum and form going into the game for both teams, but I think it's a good place for us to play Man City. Uh, Juventus are in absolute chaos. The reason why we're talking about Juventus is, of course, because Arsenal do play a friendly against them on the 17th of December, uh, that being if everything goes ahead. The entire board of the Italian club, including their president, Andrea Agnelli, have resigned. Uh, the Serie A club finished fourth. I'm reading off the BBC Sport website, by the way. Uh, the Serie A club finished fourth in the league last season and made a 254.3 million euro loss, a record in Italy. And last November, Juventus said they were cooperating with police after an investigation was launched into the club's transfers. The investigation concerned revenues from player resignation rights between 2019 and 2021. Of course, Dusan Vlaovic was signed in January of 2021. One to keep an eye on there. And Yeli and Vice President Pavel Nedved, who is the unworthy winner of the Ballon d'Or when it should have gone to Thierry Henry, of course, who is also stepping down, were among those under investigation. And the board have stepped down due to en masse having considered the centrality and relevance of pending legal accounting issues, they said in a statement. What this means for Arsenal, I don't necessarily think this will have too much of a ramification on Arsenal's friendly that is set to take place on the 17th. What it could do is open up some transfer opportunities with the uncertainty surrounding the club. Maybe some players will look to move on. Uh, Arsenal have been linked with a number of players that have either moved or are already at Juventus. Manuel uh, Locatelli, of course, you probably remember him. Uh, and Dusan Vlaovic, as I've already mentioned there as well. Maybe Arsenal will take advantage of some of the players that might end up leaving the Italian side if they do indeed have to go through a period of selling some mass players. Anyway, moving back more towards Arsenal. And Gabriel Jesus' Brazil beat 
Granite Jackers, Switzerland in a 1-0 victory. Jesus posting on Instagram after the game uh, a respectful uh, response to Granite Xhaka. I love the fact that they, people tried to make a lot out of what was a, a nothing kind of coming together between the two players in the match. It was absolutely nothing, and yet it was kind of blown out of proportion almost immediately. However, what I would not recommend doing is typing in Gabriel Jesus on Twitter this morning. The amount of criticism he's getting from the Brazilian fans right now is, is quite significant. That said, he did come on the field when the game was 0-0, and they ended up winning 1-0. So his introduction must have had some impact on the game. Otherwise, maybe they wouldn't have come through with the performance in the end. Uh, Sambi Lakonga was amongst many other Arsenal players to return to London Colney yesterday for training. He posted on Instagram saying unfinished business. Perhaps this gives you a bit of a hint around his future and that he won't be leaving the club in January. I don't want to see him leave in January, to be honest. I want to see him stay until the end of the season. I think then we need to make a decision about Sambi Lakonga's future and that probably will incorporate a loan move elsewhere to then raise his value ahead of a potential sale in the future if he can't be integrated or if it isn't too successful in that loan move. But he says that there is unfinished business for him at Arsenal. Uh, Sky Germany have claimed that, of as regarding all these links to Pulisic, we talked a bit about this yesterday, that he has no intention of leaving Chelsea in January. I don't think that Pulisic is the man to take Arsenal to the, kind of the next step forwards in their depth options in attack. Uh, his injury record for me is too great to be a real consideration. But I know a few people were more open to the idea of Christian Pulisic moving to Arsenal. But if he does, it will not be happening in January, according to Sky Germany. Now, Goal uh, have claimed that Arsenal potentially could be one of the teams that might be tempted to have a look at Nico Williams. Of course, a brother to Iñaki Williams, Athletic Club Bilbao, um, or just Athletic Club uh, in Bilbao, I should say. Uh, Liverpool and PSG and Chelsea have also potentially been mentioned. But the Spanish international, of course, is away with Spain at Qatar. And the revealing of a 50 million euro release clause has got me thinking that he could be a very good alternative to Mikolai Mudrik, who we'll talk about shortly. But the fact that I didn't even... I expected when I heard Nico Williams was even having a release clause, which in Spain, everybody has a release clause. But the fact that his release clause is only 50 million euros is certainly something I think we will see plenty of clubs beginning to snoop around. And maybe Athletic Club will turn around and say that they are going to try and renew the player's contract. But... He is a very, very exciting talent, plays in the wing, can play in the wide areas, can play potentially even through the middle. Uh, so I will certainly be interested if Arsenal starts moving for Nico Williams. But Goal have claimed that Arsenal could be amongst those that start to snoop around his €50 million Euro release clause. And our headline story of the day is that a bid for Mikhailo Mudric has Mudric rather has been rubbished. Ben Jacobs of CBS Sports said Arsenal haven't bid yet. Contrary to some reports, they have not put down an official offer. So a lot of the hype, a lot of the excitement, a lot of the feeling that Mudrik could well join Arsenal has been down to Mudrik himself. Of course, Mudrik has been doing a number of interviews in which he talks very openly and honestly about his desire to leave Shakhtar Donetsk as early as January, with Arsenal being, of course, one of the big clubs involved in any potential talks around the player. This doesn't say that, of course, talks have not happened. Talks, as far as I'm aware, are certainly there. And there have been discussions that have gone on. Arsenal are very, very interested in Mikhailo Mudrik. Who Arsenal end up signing remains to be seen. But you can be sure that we'll be covering all of that and more in the lead up to the January transfer window. 
this winter. And that completes part one. So we're going to move to part two and your questions straight after this. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, let's uh, jump into part two and see what you guys are saying in the chat box. Uh, Matt says, how many players do you think we will sign in January? Zero, one or two? I lean towards two. I'm very hopeful that it can be two that we will end up signing in January. I think that we all can agree that we have significant needs in both midfield and the forward line. And I think that Arsenal are very much well aware of the fact that we have the needs in those positions. So I would be relatively confident in saying that, yes, two players is what we can probably expect from January, that's not me knowing anything, but it's certainly me thinking that that's the, the kind of the way we can move forwards with this, because I think that will certainly be it. Uh, let's go to Lynn says, Tom, as long as we are not complacent and Arteta won't be able to put fringe players in that game against Oxford, how Arsenal manage that game, I do think we're going to have to rotate significantly. I think we're going to start significantly less of our starting players. January is very tough. I mean, if we have a quick look at the fixture list again, when we play Oxford in January, which for some reason still has not been updated. Has it still not been updated for this? It really should have been because they announced the fixture. Uh, So we will play Oxford. The date of that game will be between Friday, January 6th and Monday, January 9th. Now, Arsenal play on Tuesday, January 3rd. So I'd be surprised if they put it on the Friday, but you never know these days. Looks like I'll be going off to Oxford though to watch a game in one of the uh, in one of the games, which can't be interesting. Uh, I've been to Oxford in a while, um, but in terms of where that might sit, that will sit between the game against Newcastle on January third and Spurs on January fifteenth. Now that game is on a Sunday, so the best thing Arsenal can hope for, I think, is that we play on the Sunday as well in the FA Cup. Of course, Arsenal going away for Watford. Watford, Oxford strikes me as an opportunity for a TV game. Uh, out of all the, you know, all of the ones, obviously there was Chelsea City, but I have a feeling as though that might go down as a potential TV fixture, which does sometimes happen more so towards the late afternoon. So we'll wait and see. Um, but it looks like we might be going off to Oxford. Well, we will go off to Oxford, of course, but I might be going off to Oxford to watch that one. Uh, Glavy says, is there any news about Rice leaving West Ham United in January? Um, I have seen a number of, potential stories saying that he has no intention of renewing his contract but there is nothing regarding Arsenal being in the frame to sign Declan Rice uh, as far as I've heard or seen 
there is nothing regarding Arsenal being in the frame to sign him. But there is certainly news out there that he is not going to be renewing his contract. That said, I believe that West Ham will still be asking for a very, very, very big price tag if he is indeed to leave in either January or the summer. I don't think we'll leave in January. I think a summer transfer move is much more likely for Declan Rice, but it's still going to be a very expensive one. Uh, Machiavelli says, do you think that Mudrick and Dilolo for a combined 70 million is a fair price in January? Yeah, I think that would be, a, if we can get both of them for 70 mil, I think that would be very good indeed. Jay says, if you could add one more invincible player to this team in January, who would you add? Patrick Vieira. Has to be Patrick Vieira, I think. Um amongst that team, I think he's the one that carry you. Of course, we can talk about Thierry Henry and saying what you bring into that team with, with Jesus and replacing Jesus. But I think having Patrick Vieira there would be more important when we come up against the big teams. Thierry Henry, you know, when it came to the really, really big games, yes, he scored some goals in big moments. And I'm not saying that he has it. But for me, Patrick Vieira's presence was always the one that, that kind of transformed the Arsenal midfield. And so I would have Patrick Vieira, I think, in this team over Thierry Henry. Uh, Janesh says, Tom, do you think Lionel Messi would move to the Premier League in the summer? And do you think Arsenal could be a possible destination? Uh, he won't be Janesh because he's going to go play in MLS with Inter Miami. As far as I'm, as I'm aware, there is an understanding between Inter Miami and Messi that once his contract ends at PSG, he will indeed become an Inter Miami player. Uh, Mamiaz says, uh, what's going on with Danilo? Talks continue. Uh, nothing regarding an agreement between the clubs whatsoever. I imagine we'll get more news on that the closer we get to the January window and within it as well. Um, let's go to Prince, who says, why did Arteta give Eddie a hundred grand a week if he doesn't play him? It's a great question. I think Arteta is obviously amongst a number of people at the club who have wanted to give him that amount of money. I don't have a justification for it. I have been critical of the decision to give him that high of a wage bracket. To not then play him is, I don't, I mean, does he really have to play him? He has been playing him in the Europa League. He started every single Europa League game. But you can't start him in the Premier League over Jesus. You just can't do that. So the reason why you don't play him is because Jesus is there. The reason why they renewed his contract is because I think they knew that they couldn't really go in for another forward in, in the summer window. And it was cheaper for them to renew his contract at 100 grand a week, even though that will cost around 5.2 million a year. But it was cheaper for them to do that. And potentially what they might do is then make a profit on Nketiah if indeed they try to sell him in the future. But who's going to pay him 100 grand a week? I don't know. Uh, Olu says, hey, Tom, City travelled to Chelsea, Spurs and Man United in the league and also play Chelsea in the FA Cup, possibly Carabao semis as well. Will this affect them? Um, it's going to be a very busy month, I think, for City. Uh, they've got, as you say, Man United and Spurs and then they have Chelsea now in the Cup. Have, having a Carabao Cup semi-final double leg is going to be busy. Uh, it's all, all we can hope for Olu is them being affected by that. But it's a really well thought out question and certainly one worth asking. Um, let's go to Matt. He says, if you could steal one player from a top six rival, who would it be? Well, top six immediately go to Man City. Who is the most important player in that Man City? I think we can all agree is either one of Erling Haaland or Phil Foden. But I think I'd choose Phil Foden, you know, because the thing about choosing Erling Haaland is that Erling Haaland is very much the is if you take Haaland away from City, they've won titles without Haaland. You know, they've won titles without him. Him going into that team has given them a focal point, a striker, but it's bottlenecked their team. And I actually think that there could be, and call me crazy, but a negative impact of having Haaland in the team because all of the for, all the focus goes through him now. And so if he's not there, it's a drastic change. And if he gets injured and he has got injury history, 
you never know. So I think I'd choose Phil Foden, you know, out of the two. And I think I'd choose Phil Foden because I think he'd come into the Arsenal team and potentially play in any of the the, uh, the wide positions or either uh, in that number 10 position or maybe even in the left eight position. I think you could play Erdegaard, Foden, Saka, Jesus and Martinelli all in the same team with Partey playing behind them. And I think that would form a quite an incredible side, actually. Um, so, yeah, I think I actually would lean towards Phil Foden over anyone. Uh, and call me crazy for not picking Harlan, but I think the... I think the the, log, the logic behind that is is fair. Uh, I'll be very honest. <laughs> um, yeah, KDB, KDB's just at this age. The, the you know the his age is is the big factor. So the KDB is 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 the age factor for me. Um, you can have Foden at what twenty ish years of age for another ten years. You know, with KDB, we're we're in his last World Cup. He's great. Don't get me wrong, but I think I'd take. Foden for the future. I think that's what I would choose. Unless the question was, who would you take this season? Which I might have misread your question, Matt. If I did, I apologise. Um, but you didn't say just for this season. You said steal a player from the top six. So I would choose Foden. Um, because I think I think De Bruyne, you know, for the long term, doesn't make much sense. Foden for the long term, I think absolutely uh, is the one to take. Uh, but I mean, Matt saying we should put a poll in the chat box. Yeah, we can put a in the chat box. Why don't we do that for five minutes before we wrap up? Let's add a poll. So start a poll. Who would you take? Who would you steal from Man City? Uh, Haaland, Foden, or KDB? I'll put... Um, I suppose the other one to put in there is probably Cancelo. I know some people might say Rodri, but we have Partey. So I'm going to put Cancelo. Uh, actually, what I'll put is other. Because if you don't put one of those three, I'll just put other. There you go. And then you can leave a comment in the chat box as to who. Or down below if you're watching on Catch Up, of course. And if you are watching on Catch Up and you couldn't get involved in the poll, do leave your answers in the comment section below. Who would you steal from Man City? Harland, Foden, KDB, or someone else? Let us know. Foden, the... Uh, the poll is now in the chat box. Uh, Javier says, which Arsenal player have you been impressed with in the World Cup so far? I think the standout is Matt Turner. Call me crazy, but I think the standout player is Matt Turner. Uh, I think he has been very, very good for the United States. Uh, maybe very, very good is, is too far. I thought he had a good game against England. I think he, I love the fact in which he kind of dribbled out with the ball and played more Arsenal style of goalkeeper. I like that. I think he's, he's really taking on board the coaching and the advice he's getting whilst at Arsenal. Played very well. I think Jack has had a good tournament as well so far. Of course, Martinelli and, and Jesus haven't got too many opportunities off the bench as of yet. Partey, I thought, was pretty good in yesterday's win for Ghana over South Korea. Didn't have the best of games, though, against Portugal. So, yeah, for me, I think Matt Turner. Uh, I, I have to go with Matt Turner. He's been the one that's impressed me the most of all of our players at the World Cup so far. Uh, Instamist says, uh, morning, Tom. If the lack of goals from Jesus continues throughout the season, what do you expect Arsenal to do in the summer regarding that position? I don't know. It's a good question, actually, if if his lack of goals will encourage them maybe to go out and sign a forward that can play in the middle, give him that competition. I think competition is always going to be key. Ruthlessness with the squad is always going to be really important. So I think that having someone who can push Gabriel Jesus is going to be important. I think that will come from signing maybe a young striker, more so than bringing in someone in the mid-20s to late-20s that's going to compete with him. I think it will come more from playing or more from signing a younger striker uh, that comes in and pushes Jesus because that's that's the only way you're going to get, I think, better from Jesus. As you know, you think about Alvarez you know, coming into Man City to help compete with Haaland. He's never going to start over Haaland, but he's there to push him and potentially play with him in a wider area. But I think Arsenal need to find their own version of Julian Alvarez 
for the team. That's the way in which we need to move forward for. Uh, Rich says, Tom, given the positions you think we need to fill, would you rather we don't pursue Mudrick now? Is he not enough of a forward? I think that the forward position is the priority for me in this window. I think we need to make sure that we bring in a backup option to any of the front three that can play in those positions. Or obviously, you can then move Martinelli into other positions as well if you sign Mudrick. I, I prioritise Mudrick over Danilo personally, but I think we need to bring both players in this window. Uh, Mohamed says, hi, Tom. Chelsea got Nkunku officially for 70 million. He's a top talent, so Arsenal must act to bring in players like Madison, Liao, others who can compete with rivals and spend madly. Uh, I think that Arsenal, of course, have always looked to try and bring in quality over the last fair few years. I think about the players that we've, we've brought in that have done really well for us. You think about back into 2019 when we signed Pepe, Obviously, we've now learned from that. and We're not going to pursue someone based off the back of, I think, one season. We're going to look more in depth at their rise and development over the last few years or if they're in their early 20s after the last couple of years. But Pepe was a bit of an impulsive buy after we couldn't get Wilfred Zaha. You look at Thomas Partey coming in. You look at Ben White coming in. You look at um, this last summer with Gabriel Jesus and Zinchenko. It's obvious that we're moving for quality and the players like Nkunku are going to go to Chelsea and we can't sign everyone. But I think we are going to still continue to sign quality players in the upcoming windows that we have available to us. Uh, Marcus says, if Mudrick is brought in, is that the end of Smith-Rowe? I think Smith-Rowe is, is a top player if given game time. No, I don't think it's the end of him, but I think it's certainly a challenge to him. I think that he can still be used in the number 10 role. I still think he can be used in a potential playing off of the striker. And I still think he'll rotate in. I think he can be good off the bench in games. But Arsenal are going to need a squad that fulfills enough to play across the Champions League, to play across the Premier League, the cup competitions. I want to see us go deep into the FA Cup. You know, the FA Cup is an important competition to me and I want to see us progress through that competition and give it a real good go of getting potential silverware this season. So it's important, I think, for me that we tackle that competition with seriousness and that we're able to go through as many of the rounds as we can. And I think Smith Rowe will be looking to start in that game against Oxford United and maybe in the subsequent rounds as well. Um... Let's go to uh, Tharbs. It says, lol, Eddie is literally what you described, Tom. I expect you'd be saying something else if his name wasn't Eddie and we spent 30 million on him. Uh, I don't think so. The reason why that's different is because we have a, if we sign a young player who's 21 years of age, etc., which is a very similar age to Eddie, although Eddie is now what? Is he 23 in Ketia? Let me have a quick check. Uh, he's 23 years of age and will be 24 in May. So I don't think, Tarbas, it's the same at all because a 24-year-old in Ketia for next season, which we're thinking about it, when I think Arsenal are going to sign a forward, it's going to be in the summer. So Eddie Nketiah will be 24 years of age by this point. That is not what I described by any stretch of the imagination. I'm talking about a 20, 21-year-old forward that comes in and really pushes Jesus. And that is not the same as Eddie Nketiah. Maybe you've underestimated how old actually Eddie Nketiah is. Uh, Manu says, what do you expect from England tonight? Also, did you see that Gabriel Jesus' touch and pass? Yes, I did. Uh, I expect from England tonight a game which is more motivated than the game against the United States. They didn't turn up against the US. US were great, by the way. It's not worth playing down their performance. But England didn't turn up. England were not good in that game at all. And I'm expecting more. That said, I have little faith and hope when Gareth Southgate is our manager. 
I just think we need to be going for someone else. Uh, Delt says, what about Balogun? It's a great question and worthy of being asked. I think Balogun needs to be given a chance and certainly should be brought into the team next season. And I think if you're going to look at what you should do with Nketiah, I'd be sending Nketiah out on loan next summer and seeing those two's roles reversed. I think the Balogun has earned that. That said, as we talked a bit about on yesterday's loan report show, which you haven't checked out, make sure you go and watch our loan report show from yesterday. We talk in depth about Balogun and how he's been getting all that on this season. Uh, I think that with Balogun, you've got a player that is going to want to play and he's going to want to get minutes and he's going to want guarantees. And if he's not getting guarantees of regular game time, he might ask to leave again. And he's absolutely within his, his you know, he's within his rights to do that. He's within his rights to go and do that. Freddie says, did you get an invite to Qatar? Uh, I don't work for a publication that is is going to Qatar. Uh, we're focusing on Arsenal, so no. Uh, that said, Kai Kainat will be out in Dubai covering Arsenal out there, and I'll be covering them from here, but looking forward to the Juventus friendly that I'll hopefully be going to uh, in uh, on December 17th. But no, uh, my outlet does not cover the World Cup uh, out in Qatar. So we aren't there, but we will be in Dubai. So looking forward to seeing what Kaya brings us from the Middle East. Uh, Glavy says, do you think Martinelli has the technique to play the number nine position? I think he has the physicality. I think he has the temperament. I think he has the touch and I think he has the, uh, the mindset to be able to play it. I just think he needs refining if he's ever going to get given a chance more so in the central area. Um, King says, what are, what's your percentage belief that Arsenal can win the title? I'm 50-50, King. And I think that's pretty good. You know, I'm really 50-50 now. I think if Arsenal can maintain their form, we've got all the chance in the world. The issue is, is we have to beat City. We've got two games to play them. In the home game in particular, we have to win that game. If we want to win the title, I think we have to beat City. Because I can see them closing the gap. I can see us dropping points in other games this season when we have to go to Anfield, when we have to go to Spurs. You know, these are grounds in which we've really struggled in the league to pick up points in. And we are going to drop points within the second half of the season because the impact of the World Cup, the fatigue, the amount of competitions that we're going to be in, the later stages of the Europa League, the later rounds of the FA Cup, fingers crossed. We are going to drop points. It's going to happen. So it is all going to be on that game against City at home. We have to win that. And then we have to try and get results at Spurs, at Liverpool, at City. We have to try and do that. If we can do that, then we have a great chance. But I am 50-50 right now. And the fact that I'm even 50-50 about Arsenal winning a title this season is so encouragingly positive and optimistic that it's a credit to the club and where we've come in such a short space of time from finishing eighth back-to-back to being in a title challenge this season is beyond what I ever would have expected. And fair play to the club for that. I think that's probably a nice place to finish today's show. Uh, thank you so much, guys, uh, for your questions. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Do leave a like on the video. Do subscribe if you're new. And if you are listening on iTunes or Spotify, please do leave a five-star rating. And if you're on iTunes, you can even leave a worded review. I'd really appreciate that. It really helps us out push through the rankings on the audio platforms as well. Uh, I'll be back uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, what I will say is that uh, there isn't going to be an 8am show over the weekend. Saturday, Sunday, uh, I'm taking a weekend off. I'm away in Bristol. I'm not going to have time or even the ability to do a show whilst I'm there. So it'll be a bit of a weekend off from the usual uh, transfer lines. We'll be back on Monday, but I'll be back tomorrow, back Thursday, back Friday. Uh, so do tune into those shows. Um, but it's been a genuine pleasure. Oh, the poll. Yes, you're right, Ben. I shouldn't ignore the poll. Let's talk about the poll before we wrap up. Um 41% or 40%, no, 41%, it's going up and down, uh, agreed with me with Phil Foden, 31% Haaland, 23% KDB, 6% uh, 
somebody else. Interesting. Uh, but I'm glad a lot of you agreed with me uh, on, uh, yeah, on Phil Foden. Very interesting. If you're watching this on Catch Up, let us know what your answer to our poll question was. Who would you steal from Man City, KDB, Foden or Haaland or someone else? Let us know in the comment section down below. Have a great time. Have a great day. Enjoy the football. Up the England. Let's do it. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go. And you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.